In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, God is presented as speaking the creation into existence. God speaks the word and it happens. Heaven and earth, ocean and stream, trees and grass, birds and fish, animals and humans. Everything seen and unseen called into being by God's spoken word. In deliberate parallel to the opening words of Genesis, John presents God as speaking salvation into existence. This time, God's word takes on human form and enters history in the person of Jesus. Jesus speaks the word and it happens. Forgiveness and judgment, healing and illumination, mercy and grace, joy and love, freedom and resurrection. Everything broken and fallen, sinful and deceased, called into salvation by God's spoken words. For somewhere along the line, things went wrong. Genesis tells that story too and are in desperate need of fixing. The fixing is all accomplished by speaking. God speaking salvation into being in the person called Jesus. Jesus in this account not only speaks the word of God, he is the word of God. Keeping company with these words, we begin to realize that our words are more important than we ever supposed. Hi, I'm Anusha, your friend and host for Daily Bible Podcast. Welcome to a new episode where we begin to read the Gospel of John. Here's an introduction we've been talking about. Saying I believe, for instance, marks the difference between life and death. Our words are cured dignity and gravity in conversations with Jesus. For Jesus doesn't impose salvation as a solution. He narrates salvation into being through leisurely conversation, intimate personal relationships, compassionate responses, passionate prayer, and putting it all together, a sacrificial death. We don't casually walk away from words like that. Well, the book of John, the Gospel of John, was written by John. John was in the family fishing business when Jesus invited him, his brother, and him to join Jesus' circle of students. John became Jesus' closest friend, the only one of his male followers who dared to show up at execution. He spent the next 50 years or so mewling over what he'd seen and heard and eventually committed it to paper. His nickname as a young man was Thunderboy, but in the end he thought of himself as simply the one Jesus loved. In later life, John took under his wing the young Christian communities in and around Ephesus, a bustling port city nearly a thousand miles from his home in Philistine. The Christians there were mostly non-Jews, some of them second and third generation believers. They needed a clear idea of what the Jewish Messiah had to do with them. Philosophers and religion peddlers of every flavor steamed through Ephesus and the Christians had to sort out all of that and decide what beliefs they would be bet their lives on. As the only surviving witness of Jesus' words and deeds, John was a treasure. This was written to young Christians at that time. 
John chapter 1 The Life Light The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was the light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, the darkness couldn't pull it out. There once was a man, his name John, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light, he was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. These are the God-begotten, not the blood-begotten. Not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John pointed him out and called, This is the one, the one I told you was coming after me, but in fact was ahead of me. He has always been ahead of me. He always had the first word. We all live off his generous abundance, gift after gift after gift. We got the basis from Moses and then his exuberant giving and receiving. This endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse. This one-of-a-kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him plain as day. Thunder in the Desert When Jews from Jerusalem sent a group of priests and officials to ask John who he was, he was completely honest. He didn't evade the question. He told the plain truth, I am not the Messiah. They pressed him, who then, Elijah? I am not the prophet. No, exasperated, they said, Who then? We need an answer for those who sent us. Tell us something, anything about yourself. I am thunder in the desert. Make the road straight for God. I am doing what the prophet Isaiah preached. Those sent to question him were from the Pharisee party. Now they had a question of their own. If you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, why do you baptize? John answered, I only baptize using water. A person you don't recognize has taken his stand in your midst. He comes after me, but he is not in second place to me. I am not even worthy to hold his coat for him. These conversations took place in Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing at that time. The God Revealer the very next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and yelled out, Here he is, God's Passover lamb. He forgives the sins of the world. This is the man I've been talking about. 
the one who comes after me but is dearly ahead of me. I knew nothing about who he was, only this, that my task has been to get Israel ready to recognize him as a God revealer. This is why I came here baptizing with water, giving you a good bath and scrubbing sins from your life so you can get a fresh start with God. John clinched his witness with this. I watched the spirit like a dove flying down of the sky, making himself at home in him. I repeat, I know nothing about him except this. The one who authorized me to baptize with water told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit come down and stay, this one will baptize with the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I saw happened, and I'm telling you there's no question about it. This is the Son of God. Come see for yourself. The next day, John back at his post with two disciples who were watching. He looked up, saw Jesus walking nearby and said, Here he is, God's Passover lamp. The two disciples heard him and went after Jesus. Jesus looked over his shoulder and said to them, What are you after? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? He replied, Come along and see for yourself. They came, saw where he was living and ended up staying with him for the next day. It was late afternoon when this happened. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John's witness and followed Jesus. The first thing he did after finding where Jesus lived was find his own brother Simon, telling him we've found the Messiah, that is Christ. He immediately led him to Jesus. Jesus took one look up and said, You're John's son, Simon. From now on, your name is Sapphias, of Peter, which means rock. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. When he got there, he ran across Philip and said, Come, follow me. Philip's hometown was Bethsaida, the same as Andrew and Peter. Philip went and found Nathaniel and told him, We found the one who Moses wrote of in the law, the one preached by the prophets. It's Jesus, Joseph's son. The one from Nazareth. Nathaniel said, Nazareth, you've got to be kidding. But Philip said, Come, see for yourself. When Jesus saw him coming, he said, This is a real Israelite, not a false bone in his body. Nathaniel said, Where did you get that idea? You don't know me. Jesus answered, One day along, before Philip called you here, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus said, You've become a believer simply because I say I saw you one day sitting under the fig tree. You haven't seen anything yet. Before this is over, you're going to see heaven open and God's angels descending to the Son of Man and ascending again. Thank you for joining me on our 50th episode. Yes, it's been 50 episodes since we started the podcast. And we've reached John chapter 1. Jesus truly is the Son of God. 
and John writes this book especially so that Christians all over the world might believe that Jesus is the son of God that is the reason he wrote the book you've got to believe in Jesus to have eternal life and salvation would be yours only if you believe in Jesus i hope you will stick around with me as we go through the entire gospel of john and through the new testament stay tuned